0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. <coughs> And Whistle and I are so excited to have as our guest today, Jennifer Arnold. And Jennifer's coming back to visit with us again. If you remember, she was with us not too long ago. And we're so excited to hear about her new book, In a Dog's Heart. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Jennifer back to the show.
2: We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Is the coast clear?
1: Yes. Let's go.
2: Are you sure they went to Petco?
1: Where else would they go? Whoopsie. Hey, <laughs> calm down. Oh,
2: I smell presents. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh
1: Uh-oh, step on it. Okay. Oh, not on my tail.
2: (laughs) Petco, where the pets go dyson the new dyson animal backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust dirt and pet hair from the home or car to order your dyson animal back go to petliferadio.com forward slash dyson petliferadio.com forward slash dyson to order your dyson animal back today dyson music to your ears Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best selling pet related authors, award winning writers, and journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on PetLife Radio. Today, Whistle and I are so excited to welcome our guest, Jennifer Arnold. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome back.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me back.
1: Well, I'm so excited that you could come back because we enjoyed your visit so much when you were here the last time. And we had so much to talk about then that I knew you'd have to come back very soon.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm thrilled to be back.
1: Well, and you've been so busy since the last time we spoke. I can't believe you have another book out.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I said I'm going to keep writing them until I feel like we're doing better with dogs. So this one was sort of in the works. You know, it was kind of a uh, two-book package, really a three-book package. So hopefully there will also be a third.
1: Wow. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about today because I had a feeling that you were probably already halfway done with it.
0: Well, and then I need to take a nap. But <laughs> but I do think that um, hopefully there will be a third. That, you know, depends a lot on my my publisher, but I think there will be.
1: Yeah, well, tell us about this book in a dog's heart. What makes it different from through a dog's eyes?
0: Well, you know what I wanted to do based on the response that I got from through a dog's eyes uh, about you know people who would come to book signings and they would ask very specific questions related to their living with their own dog, and while well, through a dog's eyes. Sort of explains how dogs perceive the world around them and what we know of their emotions and their cognitive capacities. In a dog's heart is much more prescriptive. It I talk about you know how to choose a veterinarian and you know end of life issues, how to choose a dog, the important things to teach a dog when you bring that dog into your home, and it's based on a concept on Maslow, um, Abraham Maslow's human hierarchy of needs, sort of adapted doggy style. So what dogs need and why we should give it to them.
1: Wow, that's so beautiful. That's so awesome.
0: That was well, also I, the longest run-on sentence I think I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> well, that really
1: described it. I mean, that, that's just so great. I mean, I love that whole concept of, of what dogs need. And I love your philosophy about teaching our dogs instead of training our dogs. And I just think that's so beautiful.
0: It makes so much sense. And, you know, those of us who have working dogs or who work with working dogs, I think are, are obligated to sort of set the standards in a lot of ways for our relationship with dogs. There's a picture of you and Whistle on, I guess, your webpage when, when you got the Woman of Influence Award. Oh. <laughs> and Whistle is looking up in your face. that's the look that should be on every dog's face when they look at their human. Absolute trust and affection and, you know, no fear. It's just beautiful.
1: It is, you know, it is so hard to to try to explain that relationship to people. You know, because it is, like you said, for working dogs, you know, that trust and that bond is just so incredible that it's hard to articulate that, Jennifer.
0: It really is. But, you know, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people rely on their pet dogs almost as much from an an emotional standpoint. And I, I think we What we're learning in working uh, with dogs who are trained to do to sort of go beyond the norm in terms of, of behavior and even relationship is easily incorporated into the world of pet dogs and should be. Otherwise, I'm not sure there's a reason to have a dog.
1: Yeah, I could not agree with you more. And I, I've seen friends and and also people who are older and the relationships that they have with their dogs that they have managed to create on their own without the luxury of having the sophisticated training that I've been fortunate to get through my working dogs. It is right. so phenomenal. And that's so exciting because your book really speaks to those
0: folks. Well, and those you know those dogs are every bit as valuable. I mean, those, those dogs are priceless. Any dog that's loved is priceless to the people who love them. And I think you know I think most people are trying to do the right thing. I just am not sure. It, like in a Dog's Heart has has gotten really mixed reviews because you know I'm, I'm pretty pretty outspoken in this book about what I feel like are the wrong ways to handle dogs. And and that's gotten some backlash. Mm -hmm. But I knew that was coming. And I think that people need to hear it. It's not okay to dominate your dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I've thought about you so much over the years that I've been with Whistle because he's such a different dog than my first two. And in some of those older ways of how we were trained to work with our assistance dogs, because, you know, I've had one for 20 years now. Right. And 20 years ago, I was really taught that way, that I was supposed to, to dominate my dog. But that just wouldn't work with Whistle at all. I mean, when you tried those tactics with him, he shut down completely. And I've thought of you so much over the years as he and I have developed our relationship with each other and we've learned to work together and I've learned about what his needs are. So I just love the way you talk about that and the way that you're re-educating us about how to interact with our dogs.
0: I hope, I hope. You know, we did it the wrong way too when we first started and we've learned and we've evolved and, and I've had a lot of people say, well, two things. One is, you know, you work mostly with breeds who are very tender-hearted, Labs and Goldens and Doodles. And and yes, those are the breeds with whom I work mostly. I have, however, in my professional experience, worked with thousands of different, you know, dogs from different breeds. So it's not been exclusively, you know, with Labs and Goldens. And The other, and so people who say, well, you've only worked with these sweet dogs are saying that dogs who are, you know, traditionally thought of as maybe one of the bully breeds, a shepherd, a pit bull, you know, a Doberman, a Roddy, need to be dominated, and and my dogs don't. And I got to tell you, those are the last dogs on the planet I would try to dominate. Yeah. That's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get hurt. Right, right. And, it's, it's, yeah. and do dogs not have the right to have some level of dignity?
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, is every growl always wrong? It seems to me that we have set impossibly high standards for dogs these days. And, you know, I blame some of that on, on Michael Veck and the whole dog fighting yeah. Yeah. deal sort of put in the public consciousness this idea of mean dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, those dogs were just terrified of people. They weren't aggressive toward people. But nonetheless, you know, there seems to be now in our culture a real backlash against the breeds that people think are automatically aggressive. And that's a shame.
1: It is. It is. And unfortunately, it is something like that that gets so much attention and has so much impact, such negative impact. And it's so difficult to try and erase that.
0: Well, and see, those are the dogs that are being treated, that are being dominated, that are doing things that are inappropriate because human beings have scarred them or scared them so badly that at some point they lash out. And then everybody goes, aha, see, I told you that was a bad dog. You know, that sort of mindset just is that circular logic that's really unfair to the dogs and, of course, to anybody that might get hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer, I was wondering, are you doing any classes now? I know you you speak and you write, but are you doing any training classes for people other than people at K9 Assistants?
0: We do. Well, I just did my first a couple of months ago, uh, sort of a teach the teacher seminar and, and that's something that I really want to continue to do. We don't have another one on the schedule yet, but we will. I love The idea of, you know, helping people work with their own dogs or um, whether they're assistance dogs or pet dogs and teaching people whether they then go out and teach working dogs or or pet dogs is sort of irrelevant. But just showing them the way that we've been able to do it and a way that seems to work well with all breeds.
1: Yeah, that just seems to be the next logical step for you. After all these wonderful products well, that you're putting out, to really and take they're it to not
0: them. enough. There's still not enough assistance dog training no. facilities.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: And you know, one thing that I've thought about is having. Well, there are just some different solutions to that, and and all based on having more people who are who are capable of, of doing the kind of work that needs to be done to get the dogs ready. And so hopefully, and I love teaching, so that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's phenomenal. I mean, it just would be so great to be able to do that nationwide and then internationally as well. I mean, I just could see such We had our first there. one,
0: had a we hit Canada, Germany, and the United States in the first seminar. So awesome. That was, that was good.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're just touching so many people through your work. I mean, it's just such a gift that you're giving to so many, not only people with disabilities who are getting these phenomenal assistance dogs, of course, but also that you're really reaching the masses through all of your other information sharing and and education.
0: I think dogs deserve deserve that. I mean, they just deserve to have people stand up and say, listen, when we treat our dogs with anything less than respect, we are doing them a grave disservice, and we're doing ourselves a grave disservice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that I think you've termed it choice teaching as your methodology. Tell us, what does that mean, choice teaching?
0: Well, for us, we feel very strongly that sort of buy-in from the dog um is an important component in teaching them and what i mean by that is we want the dogs to make their own decisions now now we're going to make it far more likely that the dog make the decision we want him or her to make using you know rewards and and motivational factors but we're never going to force a dog to do anything so for example, sort of the easiest example that I use is when we teach dogs to heal, to walk beside us on the left-hand side without putting tension on the leash. We start in a safely enclosed area with a you know, spoon dipped in peanut butter and frozen in the freezer. <laughs> no leash on. If the dog chooses to walk beside us on the left, they get to lick the spoon. If they run off, we don't say anything. And it really takes about three sessions to eliminate, to eliminate the spoon the vast majority of the time. The dog still chooses because the memory of being there is very positive. And then what you get is a dog that's not afraid. It's, it's more the way that you would educate a child, for example. You don't beat the ABCs into the child. You know, you show them what they are and you reward them when they recite them. Then reciting them becomes rewarding in itself. Makes sense. It's, it's fabulous. Yep. Yep. It's so simple and yet so effective. Well, I mean, people will say things all the time like, how do I get my dog off the bed? My dog will jump on the bed and then I can't, I can't get him off the bed. And I mean, I've, you know, I've had people who have dogs who are having little aggression issues ask me this and say, you know, when I go to move my dog, my 18-year-old Chihuahua growls at me. Well, can you get a treat?
1: <laughs>
0: do they like
1: treats I know exactly can yeah. you throw it on the floor
0: because I think the dog will jump down yeah. And, yeah. but we seem to think this is you know we've got this need and part of it is Caesar Milan and part of it we need to own too I mean I think people have been led astray by sort of bad techniques being you know on television but sometimes I think we like getting in a, in a battle You know, uh, I said, get off this bed now. You hear me? Yeah. yeah. And not only does that make us, you know, does that belittle us, it's going, you know, to war against something that's not equipped to fight back correctly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's just bullying. Yeah, it, it
1: really is. Yeah. Well, I just love that philosophy and I know that it works. From my experiences with my assistance dogs boy does it ever and we are going to have to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors but we're going to come right back and continue talking with jennifer and hearing more about all the awesome tips that are in her new book in a dog's heart so come right back after these quick messages
2: we'll be right back right after these messages Stay tuned. It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life toys collars leashes pet smart gift cards treats and more so shop early and save money go to petliferadio.com slash pet smart today Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the Prince of Ponds podcast. The frogs are shaking the shakers, the turtles are hitting the slapsticks, and the koi are blowing the trumpets. It's party time here at Prince of Ponds. Out under the swaying palm trees, the pond fairies are kicking up their heels and spinning in delight in the twilight. Here on Pet Life Radio, it's time to celebrate the magic of ponds, waterfalls, fountains, and water gardens at the Prince of Ponds podcast.
0: Talk Pets. Let's talk
2: pests on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Jennifer Arnold, the author of In a Dog's Heart. And Jennifer's book is just so full of information, of just really valuable information for anyone with a dog. And, and we've been talking about some of that and about her methodology of choice teaching. And Jennifer, you were telling us before the break about how you teach dogs to heal. And that's just so awesome and so easy, you know. It to is do. so easy. Yeah. Well, tell us about a few more things about collar grabs and some other things that you want to share with
0: us. Well, you know, one one thing that even with my dog, um, with whom I travel, Butch, who is a golden doodle in whom I have complete trust, I still practice things like, you know, grabbing his collar and making that be a positive thing. We have a tendency to collar grabs are responsible for 25% of of dog bites annually, which is a huge number. And what happens is a lot of times our dogs see it as a very bad thing. And you think about it, it is a bad thing mostly for dogs. It either signals that the end of fun has come, you know, you call them to you at the dog park and you, you grab them by the collar, or it means, boy, are you in trouble, I mean, rarely do we ever think about touching our dog's collars in a way that is pleasant instead of unpleasant for the dog. And I think that's a very important thing for us to remember we should practice from time to time. When Butch is off lead running around in a safely fenced in area, I'll call him to me repeatedly and grab his collar, put the leash on, give him a little treat, unhook the leash and say, go play. Yeah, <laughs> he makes it a lot more likely that he's going to come to me when I really need him. And then we do recalls in the house all the time. And what the recalls are, I've changed my um, my verbiage. You know, we used to do butch come because it was that very concise. You know, come is a very sharp, sort of quick word to get out. I don't like that anymore. I really don't. I think it's I think it's hard to make come sound nice you can practice saying it to yourself it's hard to get that out without sounding abrupt so we use come here instead and we take little ziploc bags and we put some of their kibble and a few treats mixed in little treats broken up into pieces and i have them hidden all over my house in places that i know my dogs can't get to And so, you know, when I go into my bathroom, say, I'll reach up over the medicine cabinet and get the bag down and say, come here. And obviously, you know, they knock me flat (laughs) trying to get to me. (laughs) And that helps. That'll help when you're outside. I mean, when they have that automatic, great recall with joy in their heart, it helps tremendously outside.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And I can't agree with you more about the come. And that was one of the things I had to change with Whistle because he was so sensitive. When I would say Whistle come, he would think he was in trouble.
0: Right.
2: So, right. And that's, <laughs>
0: that's the last thing you want with oh, a I dog. Know. You're recon. Yeah. yeah. It, that word is very harsh. I mean, yeah. you can't come. I mean, I can't yeah. make it come out in a way that's, yeah, you know, normal and yet sounds pleasant.
1: Right, right. And i have to laugh at you saying, come here because that's so sweet. And that's what I do with him. And I have to kind of sing it. And I also call him Whistleto because he knows that's the playful of me right. calling him and being playful right.
0: with him. Yeah, <laughs> it, very smart. You know, it's interesting. I think our dogs must have just ignored us because there were dogs, And there are dogs who are okay with people being sharper and even correcting them, you know, physically. And I don't know, I think the vast majority of those dogs just block it out. It certainly reduces the bond between dog and person. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. There's no place for fear in a relationship. No place at all. And when it's so easy to do it, the other way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is so true. I mean, it's just it is. And I like I said, 20 years ago, you know, it was such a different experience than it is now with the physical corrections, because I I learned that on my second dog that that was not going to work at all. He did not respond to that. And, and it, was, it broke his little heart, you know, which made me feel right. horrible when right. I thought I was, you know, doing what I was supposed to do as a dog handler. But through education and experience, you know, I've learned that, that you can't do that. And I, I love that. Don't you
0: feel so sorry for pet dogs? Yes. People who are being told to be, you know, to be harsh that in order yes. to write about it in the book. Did you, there's a, I had a woman at one of the book signings who I noticed was crying and and that happened some in book signings and I, I always assume that either the person has recently lost their dog or maybe their dog is ill. And after the signing I was hoping that she would come up and she didn't so I, I lost sight of her. And she called me later that night at my hotel, which was attached to the bookstore, which is I'm assuming how she found me and said I was a woman Satan and I wanna tell you why. Her husband had died not too long before. She had four young children. She'd been a fourth-grade teacher for 12 years. They had a golden retriever that was really the husband's best buddy. I mean, they all loved the dog, but the dog just worshipped the husband who died. And after the husband died, the dog fell apart. He tore up the husband's chair. He bayed at the windows. He bayed at the window for so long that the neighbors begged her to hire somebody to help her with the dog she went through three trainers the first one said squirt him in the face with hot sauce the next one gave her a shock collar with a remote that she could use on him whenever and she couldn't do these things so finally she calls in the big kahuna of training in this area and he comes in and he says to this woman who has four children under 12 and has been a fourth grade teacher for years and years he says, I don't think you're emotionally strong enough to be this dog's alpha. Ugh. Put him in a crate in the basement. Don't let him sleep in the bed with you anymore. You know, oh. all these things that were absolutely horrible. And luckily, one of her nice neighbors had just read the first book and came over and said, I think you can do this a different way. Oh, thank Not goodness. Not one of those three dog trainers said anything about this dog grieving. Not one. Horrifying. Wow. So she took a sabbatical from school, and when he would bay at the front window, she would just pull him up on the couch, and they'd cry together. Oh. And he's better, and he's in the bed where he belongs. Of course. Oh. <laughs> but it just killed oh. me that people, yeah. Yeah. and she said, you know, I thought I wasn't good enough for my dog. And that, mm-hmm. I think it especially happens a lot to women who are very nurturing. Yeah. If you can mother a child, you can mother a dog. Yeah. Yeah!
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, I can't imagine how much better she must feel now. Oh my goodness! Oh.
0: I ache for the people who who haven't gotten that message yet.
1: Yeah! 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 And
0: well, you're doing something to change that. Yeah!
1: Yeah! You are definitely doing something to change that.
0: Well, we're trying.
1: Well, I know you talked about helping our dogs overcome anxious behavior. You know, like thunderstorm phobia. What would you say to people about how to deal with that? Because I know I get that question a lot from our listeners that their working dogs, you know, develop these anxious fears or they are out right. in the field working and something happens and they really become sensitive to thunderstorms.
0: Right. Interestingly enough, our dogs who are raised here at, at the farm with us and live in, you know, big kennels never show any sensitivity to thunderstorms at all. I mean, I have watched thousands. I feel like of hours, at least hundreds, of videotape while storms are going on of these dogs. So I think that that there is it is likely for most dogs to that they become sensitized through static shocks in homes with carpet and you know furniture because the dogs will leave and develop it relatively quickly. Sometimes, mm-hmm. what you have to do with any. Any sort of phobic behavior like that is, number one, eliminate the possibility that they can be hurt in a similar manner again. So for thunderstorms, you know, we would do dryer sheets, anything anti-static on the dog to be sure that, you know, dogs are very, it's very easy for dogs to get that little static electrical shocks. And I think in those cases, you know, the thunder is like Pavlov's Bell, uh, Mm -hmm. that something bad may be coming so we do the static elimination dryer sheets, like bounce all over the dog. And then you've got to make some dramatic change that will be what signals to the dog that what once was bad now will be good. And the most success we've had is with the Thunder Shirt, a tight you know body wrap. Because for whatever reason... The efficacy has been scientifically documented. How exactly and why exactly it's effective is still the subject of some debate, but swaddling works. It also is, you know, putting that shirt on is a huge signal that becomes almost, you know, a superstitious association for good. As long as I'm wearing my lucky shirt, nothing bad will happen to me.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: That's what you want to do with. And then, you know, you want to make sure that that they have, you know, a positive experience while they're wearing that shirt.
1: Right, right. Wow, that's really cool, the Thunder Shirt.
0: The Thunder Shirt is amazing. And I was, you know, I've always adored Temple Grandin, who is the one that sort of first came up with the whole idea of using, well, second to cattle farmers, you know, she saw that cows in in the chute, when the sides would press up against the cows, would just relax. Mm-hmm. And so she created one um, because she has Asperger's, a form of autism. Right. She created a squeeze box of her own. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of where the idea for the thunder shirt originated. Was this idea of you know putting pressure around the torso creates relaxation yeah so not only does it give you a very clear identifier of now something different is going on it's Mm -hmm. not the same old scary thunderstorm now I got my shirt on
1: right right wow
0: yeah it's beautiful we use it for other anxieties too mild separation anxiety does beautifully
1: how long do you leave the shirt on
0: well, you can leave the shirt on. I mean, in, with thunderstorms, obviously, you know, you leave it on until the bad weather's gone. Right. Um, in working situations where the dog has become nervous about noises out in the world, we would leave it on until, you know, the dog was, we saw that the dog was clearly very comfortable in, in different situations. And then we wean off of the shirt using a bandana. So, we'll do the bandana with maybe some DAP spray, the pheromone spray, Mm -hmm. with the shirt. Then we lose the shirt and we keep the bandana. Okay. So, that they still have that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It needs to be very gradual. And if at any point, you know, you feel like the dog is starting to get nervous again, I'd go back to the Thunder shirt under their pack. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, just sort of do what needs to be done but usually they wean they wean to the bandana fairly easily and then it's a lot easier to wean off the bandana than it is to wean off the thunder shirt.
1: And how do you get the thunder shirt? Do you make them? Do you No,
0: you can order it. I mean, I think some of the big pet retailers, PetSmart, Petco carry them. Okay. And Thunder Shirt is I believe the the brand name of one okay. of the the shirts. There may be other brands.
1: Interesting. Well, I know our listeners, a lot of them will want to try that and really see if, if that will help their dogs with anxious behavior and anxieties because it's definitely something. The
0: other something- thing, well, that DAP spray, the DAP collar, we have not, you know, it's supposed to be mama dog bones that make the dogs relax. We haven't had tremendous success with the collar, but we've had great success with DAP spray just squirted on a bandana. Awesome for milder anxieties. It is amazing. Yeah, that
1: is so cool. Well, that is great. Well, I know we're running out of time, but I have to ask you, what's the latest with canine assistance? Aren't you guys celebrating a monumental anniversary?
0: (laughs) We are. It's our 20th (laughs) anniversary this year. Congratulations.
1: What all are you guys planning for that big celebration?
0: Nothing. (laughs) No, not really. It's just... More work, yeah. (laughs) More work, yeah. No, we we really are, um, we are, you know, not going to sort of spend the money to do any kind of event. It's just going to be, you know, it's been more of an ongoing celebration through the year for us.
1: That's great. Well, you guys do such incredible work and it's just so inspiring to hear you talk and, and evolve yourself with all of the awesome things that you're doing with the books and with the seminars. I'm just so thrilled for you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. It's so great. And the third book, we will stay tuned for that. <laughs> yes, please do. You have to promise to come back and visit with us about that and about Absolutely. your seminars and the other things that you're doing. I really want to hear more about those seminars and would love to attend one.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll be sure that you have the dates, too, when, okay, we, please. when we set them up. Please. And how can
1: our listeners get in touch with you or canine assistants?
0: Probably the easiest way is through Canine Assistance's website, which is org, or our Facebook page, which is just Canine Assistance.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for that, and thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time and, and just could sit and visit with you all day. Well, thank you
0: so much for having me.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. We love you and appreciate you coming and being with us. And as we learn together about how to work with our dogs and and how to be better, handlers and better teammates with each other so thank you and we love getting your emails and your questions so please keep those coming and you can reach whistle and myself at Marcy m-a-r-c-i-e at PetLifeRadio.com and you can also follow us at Working Like Dogs on Facebook and Twitter and you can also follow us at International Assistance Dog Week on Facebook and Twitter. So thanks so much and we look so forward to being with you again soon. Take good care.
2: Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com